Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another Arse Blog Arsecast. This is not an Arsecast Extra, but this is an extra Arsecast. Uh, James is here. Good morning to you, James. Good morning. And Andrew. Andrew Allen, hello to you. Good morning. Uh, everybody working from home? Seemingly so. Yes. See, yeah. No change for me, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, James, Mikel Arteta and the Arsecast Extra have something of a history. Um oh. You know, people will remember when we were doing the live show and we were all expecting Mikel Arteta to be a appointed manager and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, Unai Emery was appointed the manager and that threw um, everything sideways. And last night we recorded a podcast to the best of our ability, uh, you know, based on everything that was going on. And within 40 minutes or 45 minutes of that, Arsenal had announced that Mikel Arteta had been uh, diagnosed uh, with the coronavirus. It's kind of mm. crazy. And, you know, having having spoken about what a crazy first job this was for Mikel Arteta, the circumstances of, of Arsenal, then, you know, this worldwide pandemic to contend with, he gets it himself. It is, it is bananas. It is properly bananas. I think surreal is kind of the only way you can get close to describing it. And one of those things that when I saw it break, I, I, I kind of triple tate, can this actually be happening? But lo and behold, it is. And it's... Um, I suppose it has kind of a bit of a symbolic resonance in that it shows you how susceptible anyone can be to this virus. And I think maybe suggests that there's a much greater spread of it than than we are aware of right now. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we said it on the podcast last night. It's inevitable that sooner or later, football will will become a part of this in a, in a big way. Yeah. Um, and Andrew, you know, this morning, it's not just... Arsenal, it's uh, Chelsea, it's Everton, it's Bournemouth, it's Leicester, it's Watford. Mm. Um, you know, the, 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 the speed at which it has hit football, Andrew, is just uh, kind of something else. Yeah, of course. And then obviously there was the, you know, the, the, the cases across Europe as well. I mean, it's, it's almost too difficult to keep up with it now. Um, like James last night, I had to do a double take when I saw my phone and the notification came up because I was just like, is that someone playing a practical joke? Um, it is crazy. I mean, I think within the next couple of weeks, we'll probably be laughing that we dedicate so much just to talking about one or two cases. I mean, I think this is going to be so far widespread now that, um, yeah, we're just, it's, it's just madness. Mm. I suppose what we should say first and foremost, of course, is, uh, you know, get well soon, uh, to Mikel Arteta, get well, Mikel, or get better Arteta. I don't know. Um, obviously don't want (laughs) to like the last one. Yeah. You know, um, 
which isn't to make light of it, but as you know, as somebody who is a, a relatively young man uh, at 37 years of age, uh, the best at FIFA, as we uh, discovered last night, uh, James, um, yeah. you know, he is not uh, somebody who's in the at-risk category. Nevertheless, it's an illness, and you uh, would like uh, to wish him and uh, you know his family the best and a healthy and quick and speedy recovery. Yeah, of course, and we're all you know crossing our fingers, and he almost certainly will make a full recovery but you know we think of Arsenal and we think of the players and these are young guys in their 20s and 30s extremely fit extremely able to see off a virus like this but that's they're not the only people who work at Arsenal and they're not the only people who work Mm. at London Colney they're not the only people who work at the Emirates Stadium they're not the only people Mikel Arteta would come into contact with you know it doesn't take a great leap of the imagination to see him in the you know in the the boardroom or sorry the diamond club you know with uh, members of the arsenal board who are certainly in the 60 plus age bracket that would be considered vulnerable to this and mm. you know that's that is the scary thing about the situation you know as much as there's a guy in the middle of it we're talking about Mikel who is almost certainly going to be all right and we all hope he will be it's the people around that who might be affected and infected that is just really troubling at this point yeah it is very troubling and you know you you look at something like the the story yesterday andrew where the 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 chief medical officer in the lombardy region in uh in italy uh passed away from from this virus you know somebody who's an expert in it it, it, there's no um yeah i don't know quite how to put it you know it's it's indiscriminate like most illnesses are you know it doesn't care who you are um it it can cause you big problems if you're in that at-risk category yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Mikel Arteta in particular is the type of person who, you know, more than you or me is likely to come into contact with lots of people, as James was saying. I mean, mm. you know, even earlier in the week, I saw that he'd already done the kind of the media video stuff um, ahead of the the game, which was obviously cancelled. So, you know, straight away, Sky Sports, BT Sport, all of the guys who will have had kind of one to one interview time with him are going to be probably self-isolating now as well. Um, yeah, it's so it's- easy to see how just with one or two people it starts to spread and how quickly, because, you know, those guys will have gone into work the next day and straight away, you know, you've got probably Sky Sports's you know, entire football department probably looking over their shoulder, wondering whether someone else is going to be um, diagnosed. It's, I mean, as I said before, it is just, this is just rife now. Oh, yeah. When you think about it from that point of view, it's like, you know, the, the contact network is, is um Dr. James McInerney talked about on uh, on the podcast on Wednesday, uh, the contact network, you know, is obviously how you transmit the virus from one person to the other. And you break that and you, you, you help slow the spread of the virus. But when you consider the amount of people that you come into contact with on a daily basis and, you know, uh, the amount of people Arteta must meet on a daily basis, you know, training with, with coaches, with staff, with players, and all the people associated with that, when you sort of work it out exponentially, James, it's sort of a mind-blowing number, which makes my head hurt even trying to consider what it is. Yeah, it, you know, it's... Uh, and it's what makes... I mean, the Premier League have just this moment announced that they are suspending all uh, football, as are the FA, the EFL, and the WSL, until April the 3rd, I think it is, on the Friday, April the 3rd, at the very earliest. It is very difficult to foresee how it would be possible to return to football in just a few weeks' time because, Mm. you know, if just 
let's say these cases now, you know, the Mikel Arteta case, the Hudson Odoi case, let's say they self isolate, they get over the virus, they're effectively better, everything's geared up for return. If one other player suddenly picks it up from family, from elsewhere, that contact network again has to be looked at, investigated, prevented, the isolation has to begin again. It's very, very difficult to foresee how and when football is going to get back to anything like normal. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, that's assuming that we get to April 3rd or 4th or or whenever they're uh, doing it and things are markedly better. Yeah. You know, that is is the thing. Which is probably unlikely, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, look... I think they were saying yesterday that they expect the peak in the UK to be around 10 to 14 weeks' time, don't they? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, we can see in other countries that it is, um, I don't know if, if on the wane is the right thing, but it seems to be more managed or manageable, and certainly the rate of infection is, is much slower. But, you know, this is a seismic event in the in the football uh, calendar, in, in the world, obviously, uh, but looking at it through our prism of, of football, I can't remember anything that's ever uh, had this kind of impact on on the game. I mean, I know we've had world wars. Yeah. I mean, well, um, hmm. I mean, when you look at that 4th of April date that they've kind of put in temporarily, even if they were to return to playing football just after that, it becomes incredibly difficult when you consider the amount of football across all the different competitions that are set to be played um, to fit that in again before any kind of summer tournament take place. Um, I just don't, I just don't see how they do it. There are... oh, I, there can be no summer tournament. I, I'm sure that Euro 2020 will be postponed. I think it's almost formally agreed from from things that I've heard. So, mm. yeah, that, that, I mean, that can't happen. Uh, I'm not this sure year. there'll be much of an appetite for most of the clubs to continue the season through the summer, though, if they have to. Mm, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I suppose, a very basic issue is is the fitness uh, and, and competitiveness of, of players and teams uh, in the sense that if, if you know, Arsenal players now, I assume, are in self-isolation for a period of 14 days. Mm-hmm. Um, that must apply to Chelsea uh, because of um, Callum Hudson-Odoi was uh, diagnosed with the illness. Uh, I think Arthur Boric at uh, Bournemouth has been diagnosed with it as well. I think I just saw somebody talking about that. So, you know, th- those players are in self-isolation, of course. They can keep up their fitness. They can do their, you know, run on their treadmills or go running in the park or whatever it is. You know, their their sort of professional responsibilities are there. But, um, you know, that would take us to, let's say, two weeks from now is what, the 27th, something like that, of, of March, and you're looking to play a week later, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if if this is going to kick off again as quickly as they would like. I'm just Uh, wondering, if a a player returns after the 14 days and is clear, um, presumably if he then comes into contact with someone again after that period who does, you know, have the the virus, that they would then have to self-isolate again? I mean, how does this work? Hmm. I mean, Arsenal, I believe, by the way, are predating, are sort of uh, backdating rather the 14 days to Tuesday of this week because that's, for the players anyway, I think when they last had contact with Arteta. Right. Because, um, he, I believe, took training on Tuesday 
They were due to travel to Manchester, I think, that night, and then they didn't, and so subsequently had a day off on Wednesday. So I think they seem to think that the, the two-week period might elapse a fraction earlier. But nonetheless, Andrew's point of what do you do if, you know, another player... I mean, yeah, it, it's really, really impossible almost to play out the practicalities and figure out how this could work. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Listen, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see an easy way for this season to finish before, you know, within the conventional time frame. Certainly not within the conventional time frame. Yeah. I, I'm just slightly flabbergasted, flabbergasted even, by this, by this thing. And, you know, there is no... Um, there are no assurances really about how it's how it's going to play out and what it might mean for the season and Andrew I know you you didn't get a chance to listen to last night's podcast yet but myself and James already discussed the idea that if play can't resume within a timely fashion then the option for this season is to declare it void and you start again uh in August hopefully when when things are better um yeah. I mean how on earth you go about selling that to Liverpool is beyond me. That is a very difficult conversation to have. But also for Leicester, um, for yeah. some of the teams that are doing quite well, like a Sheffield United. I mean, you know, there's going to be teams who lose out and there's going to be teams that, I guess, lose less. Mm. Um, it's, it's. I, I don't know what the Premier League are thinking about now. Um, they must be having some serious kind of head-scratching moments in meeting rooms somewhere trying to figure out what they do. I mean... Would anyone begrudge Liverpool being given the title off the back of what's already happened? I mean, I could just about accept it because I just don't think they're going to get caught. Um, yeah, but how, but yeah, how do you deal with re- everything else? No, you know, it I mean, doesn't sort out relegation. It doesn't solve the European places. So actually, you can't really do it. No, yeah, that um, was the conclusion we came to last night. Was basically that you know, if if you award the title to Liverpool, you've got to make decisions. Um, mm. regarding everything else. And the Leeds get promoted, you know, st- stuff like that. It, it's the prize of getting into the Premier League is so massive to take that away from a team who are on course to do it. It's mm. huge. Um, um, what happens with, I mean, look, players' contracts are obviously set by a certain time limit and all mm. the rest of it. But with regards to their bonus payments, all the rest of it, you know, wh- where Arsenal are in the league at the moment, their players would not necessarily qualify for you know, Champions League cash if they were to qualify or European mm. cash if they were to qualify. Um, there must be some kind of, <laughs> there's probably lawyers all over the country looking into contracts right now, um, trying to figure out what the legal standpoint is. Yeah, there's prize money as well to consider, isn't there? You know, yeah, in terms of, you know, well. um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the thing about this is, is that, you know, we can sit here and we can uh, chat about it to till the cows come home, but we've no frame of reference for anything like this ever within our within our lifetimes, you know, yeah. so it's a question of like, um, kind of throwing some ideas around and obviously they're going to be based on on what the the spread of this thing is like and you know ideally it can all get going again in april because if it does you know it probably means that um the threat of this thing is is nowhere near as high as it is right now um but that's sort of like a a glass half full that is our best case scenario the worst case scenario is that this season never gets completed and it's it's some time before we get to see football again can, can i um it seems almost uh silly to be talking about well how do we fit all the 
you know, foot the games in. But mm. I did see a tweet from a guy um, on Twitter, a guy called Steve Price, who sort of proposed a football calendar for the next couple of years. And okay. I actually thought it was sort of the most sensible suggestion I've seen. So I'll, I'll share it with you guys and okay. see what you think. Right. So, so his suggestion is give clubs until the end of November, European clubs this is, to finish club competitions. Then reschedule Euro 2020 to coincide with AFCON in January, February of 2021. Okay. Then you would have another domestic season, which would be a summer season, which run from March to November. Then you'd have a winter break, right? Yeah. Then you'd have another domestic season, January to October, a month off, and then the Qatar World Cup in November. So that way you would keep the Qatar World Cup where it is. You put Euro 2020 alongside the AFCON, which makes a lot of sense, really. But you would have to change the domestic seasons to run through the summer rather than the winter. But that would seem to me like, I mean, it does make some sense. But it would it would need. I mean, look, if you're giving till the end of November, I mean, look. Of course, it depends on how quickly things improve. It could be a case that football starts again in a month. In which it case, could. you know, playing ten Premier League games between now and November doesn't really make a great deal of sense. But uh, um, what what that would mean, I suppose, is a permanent shift in the footballing calendar. Yeah, and there'd be huge implications for. You know things like television contracts, and I mean, it would, it would, it would be massive. It would be massive, and maybe it won't come to that. Maybe it won't come to that. But mm. I just thought it was an interesting. Uh, I mean, I think it's definitely interesting looking ahead and knowing that you've got the disruption of the a Winter World Cup on the horizon. Anyway, I'm yeah. sure they'll be trying to take that into consideration in some way, shape, or form. But at the same time, you know. When do the transfer windows run? When do you know how how, how does uh, the Premier League calendar match up with other sporting events that are going on? Because mm. obviously, you know, there's there's everything else has been shut down as well, and people are desperate to try and avoid massive clashes when these things happen because, you know, the television audience is so valuable. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to have to solve this problem. I'm <laughs> No, I mean, I'd be, wow, to be a fly on the wall in that Premier League meeting this I just morning. I thinking about Richard Scudamore and his timing of his exit. He must be absolutely over the moon. Yeah. What did he know? What yeah. did he know? Well, it doesn't matter what he knows. He got like, what did he get, five million quid or everybody gave him? <laughs> Didn't he, wasn't there something ridiculous like that? All the Premier League clubs chipped in to give multimillionaire Richard Scudamore a, a, a golden handshake. Um, yeah. of whatever well, it was. handshake anymore, eh? No, no handshaking. <laughs> a golden, golden elbow. Yeah. Um, blimey, I don't know. I mean, look, uh, maybe the, the inevitability that we have to face up to is that, that life, um, we talk about sport not being uh, what it was. Maybe just life in general is not going to be the same as it was before. Like, like this could be a kind of, uh, the kind of event which, has a massive shift and massive impact on society because we're sitting here talking about football and we're sitting here talking about, um, you know, sport and uh, as much as we love it, you know, real mm. life is happening to people as well. And there are, you know, there are implications for people, you know, we're, we're on a kind of 
shut down over here in Ireland. Can I just make it clear? I was in the supermarket this morning buying some um, some provisions for my uh, my father who's in his 80s and is very much at risk. So we were doing a bit of shopping for him. There is loads of food, loads. There's loads of everything. So you don't need to go out and, and go crazy or anything like that. Um, so as and when those measures hit the UK, which I'm sure they will, you know, have some trust in the supply chains that are existing at this moment in time. You know, there's no need to panic by. The supermarket was really busy, but mm. um, there was lots of pretty much everything there for everyone. Um, I'm down to my, my my last toilet roll now, and I think this is probably the most daring I've been since I <laughs> did a skydive in the summer. <laughs> Living on the edge, yeah, Andrew yeah, Allen. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, my problem is I stockpile stuff. I'm like, I'll buy all those biscuits, and then I've got those biscuits, and I know I'll just eat them. Like when I make a packed lunch, and I just eat it on the way to work or something. You know, it's a real. <laughs> It's the a real problem. The epidemic that plays out off the back of this is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. How are we going to get any exercise? Yeah. I mean, it is it is fascinating. I mean, you know, my other work, I, I do comedy and, you know, so many people's income there is they're self-employed. They go out and they gig and those gigs are all being cancelled now. Melbourne International Comedy Festival, which is a huge thing, was cancelled today. You know, film shoots are being pulled I was talking to someone on the phone who's in that industry and they were saying maybe we just have to accept that this year we just kind of have to batten down the hatches and live life, you know, cancel these big events and mm. live life in a bit of a different way so that we can have something like normality back in the future. And I think I think there may be something to that. And in the scheme of things, a year, as long as it feels, you know, it isn't that long. Yeah, really. I, I did see one of our listeners who's a, a DJ uh, who's on Twitter, at Scientific3000, saying that he has cancelled all his events and, you know, he travels around the world DJing. But that's that's his income. That's his source yeah, of income. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's going to be very difficult for people. And, like, if people aren't going out, you know, they're not going to restaurants, um, which is completely understandable. But, you know, I've seen uh, some restaurants that I follow on Twitter saying, look, we had 50 people booked in for Monday night and, like, m most of them just didn't show up or they're cancelling their bookings. You know, this this is going to have some serious implications, you know, way beyond football for all of us in terms of, you know, how we how we live and how we exist and, and who has what and, and, you know, can you pay your rent? Can you pay your mortgage? Can you buy food? Can you heat your house? You know, things that we all kind of take for granted are things that are now going to, uh, you know, we're going to have to deal with. Some people will be luckier than others. Um, other people who are living sort of from pay check to paycheck or whatever that might be are going to find it very, very difficult. So, you know, I think we need to understand that. We need to be um, uh, aware of it and open to helping each other and, and doing what we can for each other in a time, you know, where uh, it's, a, it's a weird thing. I think the, the Minister for Health yesterday said something along the lines of we want we want everybody to stay together. But, you know, in order to do that, you've got to stay apart, um, mm. which is the weird thing about this this illness. I mean, yeah, and that's one of the interesting things. You mentioned the economic consequences. I mean, in Britain, you know, a lot of people have been surprised and I think some even disappointed that more stringent measures haven't been put in place. But as far as I understand it, part of the reason that government guidelines don't say cancel everything is that, you know, the small businesses who are running these events don't have an obligation to refund people. You know, it's mm. a way of kind of mitigating some of that economic cost but 
I think that you're it's interesting what you mentioned about the minister said yesterday. I mean, maybe if there is a silver lining, I mean, there, you know, certainly this country has been one that's been incredibly divided in recent years. And it may be that something like this, a kind of act of God, a sort of freak occurrence that no one could have anticipated might foster some sort of sense of unity or collaboration. I mean, you certainly have to hope so and that might yeah. be a good thing that comes i mean I, I i mean when you look at the fact that there's a hell of a lot of work that needs to be done on trade deals post brexit um over the course of the next few months and any form of timeline has now gone out the window but that doesn't mean that you know the britain now can't fall out without a deal at the end of the year or whatever when it was supposed to be trying to do this talks i mean i can see all of that getting kind of completely shafted as well um the knock-on effects are on everything um, obviously, the global markets have taken a massive tanking in the last few um, last few weeks. Uh, well, really, the last few days. People's pension pots have been massively affected for those of them who've been mm. lucky enough to have a pension pot. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that real world kind of monetary loss for some people is going to oh that that will take a generation to fix potentially. Yeah. Wow. You know, when you put it like that, and things that are being cancelled. You know, I saw. Uh, what was it last week or the week before where they were saying well we're delaying the, the release of the new James Bond movie and it kind of felt a bit like who gives a fuck like you know about yeah. when the James Bond movie is released but it's it's not really about that is it it's about when it's about all the industries that kind of thrive off each other and and feed each other whether you know you know on a film set you're talking about you know catering and costumes all these kind of weird things um, you know are people going to go to the cinema you know do you have to make um, restrictions in that regard? Like, can you only sell half the seats in a cinema and sit everybody like one meter apart from each other? The practicalities um, of normal life as we know it are are pretty much out the window for for some time. Hmm. Hmm. So, what but we're still we're doing a podcast. Well, look, we're <laughs> we're we're all quite distant from each other. So maybe maybe the future. The future uh, of industry and business is in um, uh, online discourse, if you like, um, from remote locations. You two are going to have to do quite a few more of the waffle podcasts. (laughs) That's yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck are we gonna? (laughs) What? (laughs) I mean, it is mental to think about like what? What the hell are we going to talk about? Because you know, there's never not been no football. That's too many negatives in there. But there's never been no football. Do you know what I mean? There's always been the end of football at a season and then we know football is coming back. And like the the, the time off is so small between preseason and preseason games and transfers and everything else to keep you going. The next little while is going to be a hell of a challenge. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, uh, you know, we keep saying it, but so unprecedented. Arsenal played on 9-11. You know, Arsenal, they played on that day. Arsenal have played through all sorts of things in our lifetime. Uh, And, you know, this is unlike anything that we've seen. So it's, Mm. yeah, I I, I mean, you know, I said, didn't I, on the last podcast, if the football's cancelled, I will bring back Magpie Facts. So there is that 
There is that <laughs> consolation for everybody. There is. Just c- keep them in check. You don't want to use them all up too early, though. That's that's the thing. The timing is everything. Like the government say, the timing is everything with the Magpie facts. Yeah. I don't know. Well, look, you know what it might do is it might spark some creative juices and we might have to come up with some ideas to keep people entertained because I think as well, you know, um, we, we uh, have a, a little bit of a responsibility in that regard. While stuff is going on, we can be informative or we can talk about certain things, but also there is a need for entertainment. There's a need for distraction if people are basically sequestered at home or in self-isolation or, you know, not going out. They need things to distract them. And, you know, of course, there's lots of stuff out there on PlayStation, video games, Netflix, all of those kind of things. But, you know, the, the I think as much as possible, you know, if you can have what is normal or what is day-to-day or what was day-to-day as we knew it in the past, what what's day-to-day in the future might be quite different when things settle down a bit. But I just think to, to provide some level or element of normalcy, um, you know, we got to kind of keep going and keep doing the stuff that we do here and on the website and everything else um, as much as we mm. can. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think there's going to be a few days now where everyone is kind of understandably almost in a bit of shock and freaking out and fixated on the news. I know I've become completely addicted to reading the news. I think I'm sure it's not healthy, but this is going to endure. You know, we are going to be dealing with this for some time. So sooner or later, we're going to look for distraction Mm. and entertainment and fun. And yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll do our very best to make sure we can provide some of that. Mm. Yeah, I might take up TikTok. <laughs> it's what the people have been waiting for. I feel like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna let's all get on TikTok, guys. That's the only solution here. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll put out a statement in response to the COVID nineteen crisis. We have all decided to join TikTok. Yeah, the arse blog. We don't TikTok. know what it is or how it works. <laughs> we we'll we do know we do know it's probably uh, uh, an app. Uh, created by the Chinese government to harvest all of our data and uh, and everything else. Uh, yeah. But nevertheless, people seem to like it, so we're, we'll get on it. No, we will think of things. We'll, uh, we'll come up with some stuff to keep everybody going. But um, first and foremost, uh, everybody out there, just stay safe, wash your hands, don't touch your face, do all those things uh, that you need to do to stay as, as well and healthy as possible. And hopefully everybody listening to this and everybody associated with you, your friends and families will stay uh, safe and well. Um, James, we're going to have to do an Arsecast Extra on Monday, so do come up with some magpie facts. Oh, yeah, I will do. Um, thank you for being here this morning. Um, Andrew, thank you as well. Um, we'll have to like just invent some Arsenal news for Arsblog News. Yeah, I mean, we, maybe we'll bring back the poometer and then just disband of it, you know, get rid of that and just go crazy on the transfer rumours for once. Yes, yes, full-on transfer. We'll just invent players. That's what we'll yeah, do. We'll not? just invent That's- players. All right. Well, look, uh, thank you both uh, for being here this morning. Thank you, everybody. Of course, there is an Arsecast Extra, which came before this. If you haven't heard it, uh, that was recorded last night, myself and James. Uh, We will um, catch you on the next one, I guess. Um, Stay well, stay healthy, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Andrew. Say bye, Andrew. Bye. Bye. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Thank you to Andrew. You can find him on Twitter at A. Allen Sport. And of course, to James, who is at Gunner Blog. James will be with me on Monday as we do a fairly arse-free Arsecast Extra. There's not going to be a great deal of arse going around for the next uh, few weeks or so, so we'll have to get imaginative and creative and, and everything else, and we'll try and, and keep things going, keep the show on the road, as they say. The main thing, though, is that everybody stays healthy and well, fingers crossed. I know that's not going to be the case. There are going to be some difficult times ahead, but if we can stick together on this one a little bit, it might make it just that bit easier. Not easy, but maybe just a little bit easier and uh, that seems okay uh, at this moment in time. So whatever you're doing this weekend, you're probably doing it inside. There's a lot you can do. You can read books. You can listen to your dog go crazy. Yeah, there it is. That's Lana making noise because she wants to go out for a walk. Um, Yeah, read books, watch Netflix, watch movies, watch old movies, download Highlander. No, no, actually, don't, don't download Highlander. You could, you could watch something better than that. But, uh, look, take it easy, uh, stay well, and I'll catch you on the next one. Until then, cheers, bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.